Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Since the very first day that Brian Kelly got to Baton Rouge, he emphasized the importance of building the program through the state of Louisiana. But that doesn't just stop with building the program via the roster. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's up, y'all? Welcome into Locked on LSU. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are one of our everydayers, appreciate you for making your way back here today. And if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome in. We're happy to have you. You can check us out on your preferred podcast platform. And of course, you can also check us out on YouTube as well. So you can watch in addition to listening to the podcast. Today's edition of Locked On LSU is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. So that's why LinkedIn Jobs find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free at LinkedIn. Post your job for free, my goodness, at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Hope everyone enjoyed the Super Bowl yesterday. I saw the muff punt and I immediately had like PTSD bad throwbacks to the 2022 team in the Florida State game, the two muff punts from Malik Neighbors, all of the special teams problems. I'm just thinking back and thinking to myself, like, I'm so glad that we're past this. I'm so glad that this LSU team is not losing games anymore. Knock on wood because of muff punts and, and special mistakes. But even before the Super Bowl, we heard from Brian Kelly last week, and there were several things that really stood out to me. First and foremost, it's how he decided to build this program. And look, whenever we talk about the program, a lot of times we think about the roster, right? The players within the program. And of course, that's a massive part of it. I mean, you don't have a football program without football players. But when you talk about a program, the roster is Yes, a large part, but not the only part of it. Because when you're building a program, who else is very important in that growth, in that building process? Well, it's the team. It's also your coaches. It's also who's doing the recruiting. It's also the people in the front office doing more of the administrative general manager type of duties. So it's not just the team. It's the coaching staff. It's the recruiting staff. It's all of the above. So when Brian Kelly was starting to finalize his coaching staff and you started to see more coaching hires come out day by day by day, you saw familiar names and faces like Bo Davis, who played at LSU, Blake Baker, who used to be at LSU. You saw several names that you were like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. I, I know that name from somewhere. Because this is something that we talked about on the podcast just a couple of weeks ago. I said, I don't think that it's just a coincidence. 
that every single coach on this coaching staff has some sort of tie to LSU or the state of Louisiana in some form or fashion, whether they were from here, whether they coached here, whether they played at LSU, whether they just stopped by for a couple years or a couple of seasons. This is not their first rodeo in the state of Louisiana, nor is it their first rodeo at LSU. So, yeah, surely it's not a coincidence. Surely that's not just one thing that all of these coaches happen to have in mind. I thought if Brian Kelly is committed to building this program through the state of Louisiana, that doesn't stop at just locking down the borders of the state and getting in the top talent in the state of Louisiana via the transfer portal or in recruiting classes. No, 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 no. It has to do with the coaching staff as well. Because in order to land those players, you also have to recruit those players. You got to relate to those players. and You got to know how to do it. You know, I know, we all know. The state of Louisiana is different. Recruiting in the state of Louisiana, it's different. It's also probably the most important thing to building this football program. So you got to have people that are novices to the state of Louisiana. But Brian Kelly was asked about it. He went into a little bit more detail of exactly the thought process behind these coaching hires. How much of a thought was ties to the state of Louisiana and ties to LSU throughout the coach search process and the interviewing process. This was Brian Kelly in his media availability last week. So many Louisiana ties on this staff. Was that an intentional thing? I mean, it's been stated that, you know, my goals here are to um, first and foremost recruit the state of Louisiana. So you can imagine that that's going to be part of, you know, the thought process. Um, I can't tell you it's the most important thing because we got to stop people. We got to keep the points down. We've got to be able to coach and teach and, you know, motivate. Um, but, but certainly that has to be part of, of the process as well. We, because that's a stated goal of how we recruit. So, um, where does it fall on, on the list of importance? Um, I would, I would, probably echo what you said I, I think it's it's intentional it's but is it the first thing on the list probably not but it's definitely something that um you you don't necessarily i i would say when we all see those um job descriptions um it, is it mandatory no um but strongly um uh, Strongly, I, I think, worded that you should have experience recruiting in the state of Louisiana. So not a requirement, but strongly encouraged and strongly recommended. Now, that was Wilson Alexander of The Advocate that asked Brian Kelly that question. And it was a great question. Um, you know, how much you know, did you really keep in mind hiring coaches with ties to the state of Louisiana? I wanted Brian Kelly to be like, damn straight, it was a priority of ours. Because that's what it looks like from the outside looking in. But also, I think that Brian Kelly has to be a little bit more intentional with that. Because as he said, look, it's not a requirement. But if there's a top coach out there that's shown a lot, who's on the market, that you think could be a missing piece to your coaching staff or the missing piece for your team and your program, and they've never stepped foot in the state of Louisiana before, 
well, are you going to be deterred from hiring that coach who is qualified and you think can be really great for your team and for your program just because he doesn't have ties to Louisiana? Of course not. No. If that coach is interested and you think that coach should be part of your staff, you're going to hire that coach. So exactly, it's not a requirement. And it's the same kind of approach in the transfer portal, right? In recruiting, we want to bring in the most talented players in the state and we want to keep them in the state of Louisiana. But we're not blind to every other state in America. I mean, your five-star quarterback, number one recruit in the 2025 class, he's from Michigan. Like, I don't know if Bryce Underwood has any familial ties to the state of Louisiana. I don't know if that man's ever had crawfish in his life, but he's a five-star quarterback and could potentially a program-altering kind of player. You're not going to say, nah, dude, like, I'm good. We're going to close the door on, on this as a possibility because we only keep kids in state. Of course not. That would be silly. But it's also, I think, incredibly important that – when you find the right person, when you find the qualified person, and they also have those ties to Louisiana, that is the perfect match. Now, that, I think, is exactly what you're looking for. Because you're not going to ignore great coaches, or in this example, you know, great players for states. But having those talented Louisiana players and having those qualified and accomplished and really good coaches that know the school, that know high school football coaches in Louisiana, that know the culture in Louisiana, that's just the cherry on top. Another thing that I do want to make sure that we get out there, another thing that I I do want to make sure that we clarify, and we'll get into that coming up next after just a few words from our sponsors. All right, I want to tell you about LinkedIn. So when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are perfect and are just right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And one great thing about LinkedIn is it's not just like any other job board. No, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you cannot find anywhere else. LinkedIn does that all of that, all while making the process easy and intuitive. Hey, hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So if you've ever gone through the hiring process for the company that you for, you know, it is not always easy. It is not always quick. And also, it's not always cheap. But LinkedIn is the perfect tool for you because LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire, but LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make hiring process so much easier. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and 
Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thanks again for making Locked On LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, we are part of the Locked On Network, your team every single day. Locked On has launched the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. So find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. Rolling along here on Locked On LSU, Brian Kelly talks about the the coaching search process. Was it uh, a prerequisite to be from Louisiana, have ties to LSU? Brian Kelly says, no, it's not a requirement, but it's strongly, strongly encouraged and strongly recommended. Because when you make the pledge and you make the commitment to building a team and a program through the state of Louisiana, which should be, should be priority number one, locking down the state of Louisiana with as much talent as there is in the state, that should be your number one focus as far as recruiting is concerned. Well, you know, what it would say. When to recruit players from Louisiana, how about you bring in coaches, at least with ties to the state of Louisiana? As we all know, players don't commit to a school. Players commit to people. And having that underlying understanding, having that underlying thing in common, well, that just makes that recruiting process, that relatability process, that relationship building process, that makes that so much easier. But uh, so, you know, we see throughout this, the entirety of this coaching staff, the new hires that Brian Kelly has brought in, they all in some form or fashion are either from Louisiana, played at Louis- in Louisiana, coached in Louisiana. They've been here before in different capacities. But one thing that I do feel the need to point out here for a lot of talk about the coaching staff and the elite coaching staff that Brian Kelly put, is it has put together. And I would agree that on paper right now, it does look like a pretty damn good coaching staff. But let's remember, these coaches have not proven anything at LSU. That you have not played a single down. You have not seen a day of development. You have not won a single game yet. So I'm not going to give this coaching staff its flowers quite yet because they hadn't done anything at LSU. I mean, look at several of these these coaches that have shown that, look, they got it. Bo Davis, hello. Kevin Peebles, hello. Two of the most well-respected defensive line coaches in all of college football. But what they've done, like what Kevin Peebles did at Mizzou, what Bo Davis did at Texas, all of that is moot at this point. You got to do it here. Blake Baker, how he turned Missouri's defense around. So incredibly impressive. And it's the reason why he became one of the hottest coaching candidates, at least quarter candidates on the market. He hadn't proven anything at LSU quite yet. What the guys have shown are very exciting. It makes me excited. It makes me encouraged and optimistic for what this coaching staff can do, not just for this team this year in 2024, but also this, uh, this team moving forward, development of some of these young players but they haven't done anything yet. Let's go ahead and let them earn 
those flowers before we give them those flowers. Because while I think it's the right move to build this coaching staff with coaches that have ties to this state and to this program, that does not automatically make them a good coach. I mean, look at so many coaches in the past. But let's say, okay, having ties to LSU or Louisiana does not make you a good coach, nor does it make you a bad coach. Mike Denbrock had zero ties to Louisiana. Pretty darn good coach, right? Well, in that same breath, Matt House, zero ties to Louisiana. Not a very good coach, right? So it's not like it, it, it's, it automatically checks some sort of box. And it's not like just because this was the way that Brian Kelly wanted to do this, just because that these are his priorities doesn't necessarily make them the right hires. Does it make it, does it make it the correct approach? I believe so. Yes. And if I've proven wrong, I am more than happy to eat my words and to say, look, yo, I was wrong. This was a, a massive mistake. But you have to pick the right people. What their past has shown, what their resumes show, of course, that's one thing. But they, you got to get the right players, the right people, and you got to give them the right players to play with. That's why I think some of these coaching hires are incredibly intriguing. Bo Davis, for example. Show me a more well-respected defense than Bo Davis, and I, you know, I'll be shocked. I'll be floored. I think there are several defensive line coaches that are respected and revered just as much as Bo Davis probably is. But when it comes to, you know, some of the godfathers of defensive lines in college football, yeah, Bo Davis is, uh, is known definitely as one of them. How, what is he really working with? How much can Bo Davis get out of this young and inexperienced, more specifically, defensive tackle group? You lose Makai Wingo, you lose Mason Smith. You're not left with a whole bunch in the rest of that defensive tackle room, that defensive line room as a whole. It's losing, it's lacking, rather, a lot of in-game SEC experience. And you can hope that you get a lot more out of maybe Young guys like Dominic McKinley, but I mean, let's be honest here. He's going to be a true freshman. I'm not going to put all my faith in a true freshman. Sean Washington, another one coming in from the transfer portal. Kid is massive. And Brian Kelly is has been really high on him, really excited about what he can bring. I'm not going to put my eggs in the basket of a JUCO transfer. And that's no disrespect to Sean Washington. I place that same kind of energy toward every transfer, especially after how little we saw the transfers really give this team this past year. Logan Diggs was outstanding. Zy Alexander was solid. I was more excited about, the, about Denver Harris than anyone. Not going to let myself get my hopes up about that again. So that's what makes it really intriguing with these coaches, of how much can you really ask them to do. That they're not miracle workers. They are not magicians. They cannot make something out of nothing. But how much can they truly get out of these players? Well, we look at a guy like a Jacobian Guillory and say, okay, you know, we have a feeling he's got some experience. He was never the number one go-to guy, but can he blossom into that? Does he have the intangibles or maybe the physical attribute to be able to be uh, more of a of a go-to guy at this level on the defensive line? Maybe. And if Bo Davis can do that, I will say hats off to you, sir. You earned your paycheck this season. So hey, this this – coaching staff is going to be challenged because this roster has some deficiencies, but there's a lot of young talent 
that I think have, I haven't even scratched the surface of what they can do. How can this coaching staff get that out of them? And that applies to Bo Davis. I just use him and as, as an example. That applies to everyone. That applies on an offense that's losing a lot of its star power and a lot of its use. I mean, you just lose Bright Thomas, Bleak Neighbors, and Jaden Daniels. Hello? Not an easy job for Joe Sloan and Cortez Hankton to transition this offense, but to still, you know, keep up scoring 28, 35, 40 something points a game. Not easy. A lot of change and a lot of transition. But that's why you were hired. That's why you were brought in here. In addition to your talk to the state of Louisiana. All right, but coming up next, I haven't given nearly enough attention to hoops. Look at men's and women's, what they did over the weekend. And we will do that coming up next. All right, I want to tell you about FanDuel. So give buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's right. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Look, this is no hate to the Detroit Pistons. I know they're trying their best, but I would say one of my safest bets night in and night out would be who are the Pistons playing? Play some money on the money line because my goodness, the Detroit Pistons are struggling and they are struggling mightily. But like, that's my take. Do it how you want to do it. Just do it with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. All right, rolling along here, locked on LSU. Let's recap a little bit of hoops action over the weekend. There was some good, there was some bad. Let's start with the bad. Uh, a couple of Alabama showdowns, both on the men's and women's side. Let's start with the men's because that that was not very good. That was not very good. Um, defense was basically against Alabama in the second half. And the most frustrating thing about that is that she was able to go toe-to-toe with Alabama for a decent bit of that game. That back and forth, there were lead changes. And every time it seemed like LSU was getting out of it, whether it was a double-digit deficiency or if Alabama was just going on a tear, they found a way to to eke their way back into the game. That's been a a trend that I've seen with this LSU basketball team. We saw it against Tennessee last week. They got down, what, 15-1 to start, and it was, like, brutal, brutal. But LSU LSU was able to kind of eke and kind of – scratching claw the way back but then of course Tennessee and in this instance over the weekend Alabama every time LSU was able to make it close they just went on runs so it was very competitive at least in the beginning and then in the second half everything just unraveled and it was absolute uh, sheer utter domination I mean in two minutes Alabama scored 13 unanswered points when you were up 73 to 72 I mean you uh, I I was watching that game and I was thinking, first of all, why, like, why can't you defend the three? LSU was being really aggressive, really aggressive in the paint. It felt like to me watching that game, I thought, is there a game plan right now? We're going to defend you in the paint. And if you beat us with the three, so be it. Because if that was the case, and look, I don't know what the game plan was, but if that was the case, that's stupid. 
I mean, this is one of the best three-point shooting teams in all of college basketball. This is the best offense or one of the best offenses in the SEC. And you're saying, go ahead and beat us with the three? Newsflash, they can. Alabama beats everyone by shooting the three. And LSU just simply could not defend it. And it was it was sloppiness. Turn the ball over 12 times. I mean, Trey Hannibal get two points and two turnovers. You're not going to win very many games that way. So really, really frustrating to watch. And I step away from probably more LSU men's basketball games than not feeling frustrated because they have so many opportunities to either stay in the game or win the game. And everything just unravels at one point. that They're able to stay in it until they can't. So I don't blame this team if they're feeling kind of down and out of, look, we're giving it our all every single night and it just is not good enough. And I said, and I will hold myself to this. I'll hold myself accountable. I'm giving Matt McMahon two years of leeway. And I'm not going to fire him at the end of this season because consider what he took over when he took this job. But, and I have seen, I mean, this team is a better team and a more competitive team this year than they were last year. That's progress. But you're going to have to start seeing that show up in the wins and loss column. Because that's the only thing that matters in this sport. Do you win? Or do you lose? And right now, they've been doing a, a decent bit of losing. But let's look on the other side. A little bit better news on the on the hoops front because LSU women's basketball takes down Alabama 85-66. to 66, And my Lord, it did not look pretty. It did not look pretty in the first half. LSU trailing 10 points at the half. And I'm thinking... You know, they, uh, they're having a tough time getting offense generated. They're having a tough time defending Alabama. Speaking of Alabama's threes, it seemed like everything was going in for Alabama. Every single three-pointer was going in for Alabama. So you're down 10 points at the half. Um, I, I The way that the game was going, I didn't feel good about them being able to, to pull something out without an epic Kim Mulkey rant in the locker room at halftime. But ultimately, the adjustment was last year, Poa coming in for Haley Van Lith. And Poa ended her day with 11.6 rebounds and four assists in the second half alone. She felt like the spark plug that that team needed to really push themselves over the edge in the second half. Nearly a 20-point win down 10 points at the half, end up taking down Alabama by 20 points. If that isn't a an identity search kind of game, if that's not the kind of game that gives this team a whole ton of confidence, because it could be really easy to just throw your hands up and say, look, we're going to lose this game. You know, it's, Things just aren't falling our way, so on and so forth. That's the kind of get right game, or really more so get right half, that should make you feel really encouraged about this team. The other thing that makes me feel very encouraged about this team, the defense is playing better. Now, it's still not a championship-level kind of defense, but looking at games where LSU has really, really struggled defensively, looking at on the road at Mississippi State, I think that was a wake-up call. You know, South Carolina in the second half at Mississippi State, those are kind of wake-up call games of, look, you're not going to win very many games. Yeah, you can score 100 points. But you might give up 102 in the process. And I know I'm, I'm being dramatic here with the numbers that I'm choosing. Um, you, know, you still let Alabama hit 14 threes. I think the second half adjustments prove that this team is getting better. That day by day, game by game, this team is learning more about itself. 
and they're learning how to win games when their backs are pushed against the wall. So I'm excited to see uh, to see moving forward. Do, do we see any starting lineup changes? Is Poa going to be a, a permanent change in the starting lineup? Interesting to see. And we shall see uh, throughout this week. But that's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on tomorrow's edition of LSU, you all have begging for it, and I am here to deliver a full LSU baseball season preview, preseason preview rather, because we finally get college baseball back at the Bucks this weekend. Full baseball preview coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked on LSU.